Hello and welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I'm Duran. And I'm Nick. And welcome. And uh, today we'll be talking about the 2014 film Hard to Be a God, directed by Alexei Gierman. But first, the news. I didn't know his name was pronounced Gierman. But uh, anyway, uh, Killer of the Flower's Moon is. Uh, er, no, Killers of the Flower Moon, as we have. <laughs> discussed at length before this podcast it will be on apple tv uh apple tv plus um so paramount is still going to release it theatrically one way or the other but uh scorsese has uh signed a deal with apple to uh release the film on apple tv plus which uh this will is will be interesting <laughs> this is the only piece of content that i know is on apple tv plus that i can <laughs> that i can name by just like by its actual name besides like oh that jason momoa show or like this spike jones band documentary this is like the only oh thing i actually God. know that exists <laughs> is there anything else on this platform yeah so they they have the morning show c as you mentioned which is the fucking jason momoa show um they have uh some show about like what if the soviets got to the moon first uh I, I only that see this vaguely stuff because I have an Apple Music account, hmm. and with the student discount, they just throw in Apple TV Plus for free because they know no one wants this service. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think but, like, I think I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I see it around. You know, uh, the I I'm interested in the Spike Jones Beastie Boys documentary, but like, yeah, I couldn't name you what it's called. <laughs> um, I don't really know anything about this service it just kind of appeared out of nowhere one day and apparently yeah. my dad has it but we have no idea <laughs> how, we have no idea how to set it up um <laughs> and i like i said i don't know of like anything that's on this service and it, at first it seems like a big waste of money because but but i i heard like rumors for a while that um apple was getting like big directors like spielberg and like Shyamalan and stuff to like make their own content for this service yeah well i think the Shyamalan i think has already made his thing for it it just kind of came and went and nobody really noticed it oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> poor guy um, spielberg i think was only a producer on rebooting amazing stories which was a tv series he did in like the 80s i think i see so, okay so it's yeah, I, they they released this one weird show with like Oprah and Spike Lee about like receiving letters from fans. It's that whole service weird. is just so weird. It's it's. Uh, it seems like a pretty blatant like I don't know attempt to like uh, get onto the streaming market, kind of like what Peacock is doing. Yeah, but at least Peacock has like The Office, which is something that people will actually watch, <laughs> and yeah. not whatever the hell this is but um i i had a theory i was talking to nick earlier about this that um netflix rejected martin scorsese's uh uh budget for killers of the flower man and so he said you after know what they won no oscars yeah after like nick said after they won no oscars for the irishman <laughs> And so they're like, you know what, Scorsese? After spending $250 million and you didn't give us anything, you can just go away. What and do so, you mean? We got PS2 Robert De Niro. True, yeah. It was definitely worth the hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> of de-aging. 
And so Scorsese said, you know what? I am Martin Scorsese. I am the only important American filmmaker still alive today. And so he went to Apple TV. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow they probably approved of his ridiculous budget. Who knows how much it is. And by the way, when I'm making fun of Scorsese for having gigantic budgets, I am fully on board with giving this man as much money as he possibly needs. Because... He's shown with... But does he really need all this money? Probably not, but I don't <laughs> care because I want to see his movies. So give him as much money as you need, Apple. I think I think <laughs> Apple can afford to lose a couple hundred million dollars on uh, this film when inevitably it comes to the service and nobody actually watches it. Tim Cook looked Martin Scorsese in the eye and then he looked at his bank account and then he said, okay. <laughs> Might as well, yeah. <laughs> although um all that being said i'm pretty sure the irishman was successful on netflix's end it was yeah. i think one of the most streamed of their films like other original films like ever i think it's appeared yeah. on like the top lists um but obviously it's like nowhere near those like terrible action films or like rom-coms that they make with like jennifer aniston and whatever i don't know the names of any of these like adam sandler sure yeah his breakout performance and uncut gems yeah like that's that's a good example of a netflix (laughs) original um i'm just saying i'm just saying adam sandler's real he's here (laughs) he's here to stay with his shitty comedies on netflix yeah so i mean this is i guess a positive uh in some ways because i mean this film probably wouldn't have been made otherwise yeah um and so i'm excited i'm really excited to see this film it looks really interesting so the, the concept is basically a a scorsese directed western um but kind of like a murder mystery set in like the early 20th century and it's going to star both dicaprio and de niro who are i guess like scorsese's like two wives (laughs) um his third wife harvey keitel yeah his third wife harvey keitel his fourth (laughs) wife joe pesci um so i'm I'm, as as a fan of scorsese i'm very excited and i think this is this looks good on apple as it's showing that they're willing to spend the money necessary for making their service be not completely useless <laughs> because like i said i don't think i don't see why anyone would pay for the service in its current state yeah like i said the only reason that i even have it is because it's packaged in with another subscription I think it's the same with my dad. Yeah, I think he has it with, with what's it, like Verizon or something. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know a single person who has actually like paid for this service individually, and I also don't know a single person that has just, just that just happens to have it that has watched anything on it. So I my uncle watched C at some point. That okay. counts for something, right? There you go. So I um, so I have a friend's uncle who has watched something on it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, just nothing, nothing about that content really interested me mm-hmm. at all. Um, oh, uh, we didn't write this at all, but uh, it's worth. I think it's worth mentioning that like Hamilton blew everything out of the water last month for like streaming numbers. Hmm. Did you hear about that? They like a- apparently it was like nowhere near anything else in terms of what was streamed which is i mean it makes sense but at the same time it's just kind of like funny that they just disney just bought this thing and they just threw it on their service and just (sighs) 
Oh, did they just stupid? Did they did they buy it? I thought it was. I thought they made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think they they bought it from just whoever was, uh, you know, auctioning it. Well, that was really smart of them. <laughs> you know, what wasn't smart of them was not having people pay thirty dollars for this. Like true, long. true. Yeah, they, they would have made so much money. Although I do think that they probably would have done better had it not been thirty dollars because, um. Well, even though it's a very and very I don't high know, demand, dude, it's Hamilton fans. That's true, but I mean the fact that it wasn't thirty dollars made all the non-Hamilton fans also watch it. True. Um, and obviously, like you know, the word of mouth is pretty big here, and the advertising uh, was pretty big. And um, had it been thirty dollars, it might have not gone the number one spot, um, yeah. like you said. I honestly can't think of anything very popular that came on streaming recently um i heard like palm springs was good but like i don't think that was a massive success camelton yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah anyway um do you want to move on or sure do you want to talk about more streaming services uh i honestly don't have much else to say i mean have <laughs> you what what is your experience with new content coming to streaming services recently do you have any um yeah not really i'm uh oh well uh um hbo max just got like the entire library of um uh dc universe so i've just kind of been abusing that power and like i said last week i watched the harley quinn show hmm. and uh i don't know yeah i've just been kind of watching like this and that on hbo max it seems Gotcha. That that has been worth it so far for me. I yeah, I definitely think that HBO Max is probably the best deal out of all the services at this point. Yeah. Um, although you get the Wire, you get Sopranos. What else you need? Exactly. It, the two best shows of all time, besides Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, although the, the problem with it has always been the fact that HBO has like thirteen different streaming services and they all sound exactly the same. HBO Now, <laughs> HBO Go, HBO Max, and everyone it confuses the hell out of everyone, including Well me. I guess they are uh they are shutting some of them down because they are like redundant now or something. Yeah. And also like there's this whole don't they have like some issue with like Fire T V about getting it on, on Yeah, the they some some deal like that. They they like Is it on is it on Apple T V? Uh yes yeah okay yeah um, um so I, I don't know how successful they've been actually from from what I've heard it hasn't been amazing for them but in ter in terms of like the consumer side it's a pretty good deal although yeah. the Criterion Channel is the only service I will ever pay for <laughs> I don't know I like uh, I like Disney Plus they they gave me the funny Star Wars show nice yeah dude um. What's and next? uh yeah since we have nothing more to say about this uh so the paramount consent decrees have officially ended we did um, it reddit yeah <laughs> so i have kind of mixed feelings about this because right well, now this may be the only way the theater industry stays afloat yeah wait, wait first uh just explain what, what this means yeah so the paramount consent decrees were um enacted in the 30s about or 20s but anyway, it uh, what it did was that uh, major studio chains couldn't uh, uh, own theater chains as well. So it basically was an anti-monopoly uh, thing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't fucking speak right now. 
Um, but yeah, so it basically was an anti-monopoly act, and it lasted up until you know right now, where uh, I think Netflix like just bought the Egyptian theater, and that was probably because uh, they were this ended was probably why that happened. Um, it's it's an interesting move. I uh, it has me worried though. <laughs> It's, it's very worrying because, um, well, for a few reasons. I think that this will probably lead to, like, the end of all non-big-budget films being shown in theaters. Since, obviously, the, um, the studios that can afford to buy these big chains and can afford to buy a bunch of, like, theaters uh, are going to be the biggest ones, like Disney and Sony and whoever else. Um, whereas like the smaller production companies and studios will probably not be able to buy more than like a couple of theaters. Um, and once they own the theaters, it's very unlikely that they're going to want to play films from, um, rival studios. They're probably going to only want to play like in Disney's case, Disney films. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if, will this lead to studios since they probably won't have enough new releases, will this mean more reruns of classic movies? Um, I don't know about that, although yeah. it could... It's just a thought. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely possible, although what I'm thinking is that it could lead to um, new movies staying longer in theaters, because hmm. that's yeah. also been kind of an issue uh, up yeah. until recently. Like So, uh, in, the, in the 20th century movies would stay in theaters for much longer since typically until like VHS came out, that was the only way of seeing the movie. Um, but, but now because movies come out so quickly on home media, uh, a lot of movie, like major movie releases only last like a couple weeks. Um, and maybe like a month or two for like the really, really big titles. Well, that makes me wonder now because of, you know, the universal thing with AMC and how they were like, yeah, three weeks is, uh, find enough time for you to wait until you put it on vod mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's um i that makes me wonder about maybe putting older films back in theaters yeah i mean i would like to see that although i definitely like and that is definitely like a positive although the the cons i think vastly outweigh the pros in this circumstance Absolutely. yeah <laughs> um although yeah the thing about uh, VOD and how quickly the turnaround is now. So um, at least the AMC and Universal deal. Um, I I could see it being that the studios could run like these big franchises in their own theaters for maybe a couple months, even after they've been put on their own like platforms and on home media. Since yeah. um. I think we were talking about this in the last podcast. It is it is pretty likely, and one one of my uh, theories, I guess, is that um, theaters are going to be moving away from uh, full packed, um, relatively affordable experiences to more kind of like premium experiences, um, like with food being served to you and ridiculous ticket prices and comfy chairs and all of that. Yeah, which, um, you know, I mean, it's an interesting move, but I, yeah, 
they are specialty theaters with those services already for a reason. Is all I'm really gonna say about that. Like, yeah, I. Sometimes you just want to sit down and watch a movie and not have you know dinner with it or whatever. Especially because that dinner is probably not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think in I my used to case, work in sessions, yeah. so I know this for a fact. Oh yeah. In my case, I'm I would definitely pay the higher ticket prices to see a movie I really wanted to see. But if it's mostly going to be you know these big budget studio movies, there aren't a lot of them that I'm terribly interested in spending like the $40 or however ridiculous ticket price is going to be. I mean, I would probably do it for like Dune, I guess, but that's the only one I can really think of. Or Yeah. Dune, that movie that's still coming out in December. Oh yeah. The movie I'm going to see in theaters in December <laughs> in IMAX, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be some more drive-in theaters that are going to be opening near us. Because I did some research, actually. Um, yeah, I'll see New weeks. Mutants if it's in if it's in a drive-in. <laughs> I I would <laughs> not anything else. Yeah, I really would like to see. I would love to see Dune in a theater experience, and I think it'd be perfect for a drive-in. Although um, the drive-ins near us yeah. typically, I don't think show like new movies, but that could just be because mm -hmm. no new movies are running right now. Yeah, so, I don't know. There there is a drive-through that's uh, about an hour and a half from. Uh, from us for me i guess so uh interesting yeah i'm just saying i'm just saying we could pull it <laughs> off it we depends could. it depends on the movie obviously i'll have a car so uh sick i was considering we'll, we'll going uh to see i think casablanca oh nice yeah but it is also 90 minutes away <laughs> yeah yeah um, it has to be a real special occasion yeah anything else we you like to add about this um no not particularly just uh it's a bit worrying but i i really don't know how the theater industry is going to survive otherwise right now because mm -hmm. it's uh, it's just like it's such a shit show yep like there's nothing good <laughs> happening with movies or the theater industry right now oh yeah it's it's not looking great yeah anyway uh so uh tron 3 it's it's happening it looks like which tron is 3 baby interesting. the greatest film franchise of all time yes finally baby. getting a third will we get another daft punk soundtrack wait that's the reason you want tron 3 not because of the plot or the themes <laughs> of the other films or the characters like the they're really themes like they're really <laughs> they're really a memorable main character of tron legacy that i definitely remember the name of and i know the actor's name also this isn't i think it's finn isn't it finn flynn flynn no flynn is uh flynn's uh, the arcade <laughs> no 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 no, no. Um, you're right flynn is um what's his name's character the dude uh Shit, uh, Jeff John name? Lebowski. Yes, Jeff uh, John Lebowski. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, uh, yeah that's. His name. <laughs> what? This is gonna drive me crazy. So I'm looking up what his name is. I've no. Sam. It. Is it okay? Sam. 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 Okay, great. Who's it? Who's he played by? Uh, Garrett Headland. It's literally like some random ass white dude they found on the street. <laughs> he is. He's absolutely literally been no in charisma. really just nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um. Unless you're a big fan of Unbroken, directed by Angelina Jolie. 
So a lot of uh, a lot of redditors are mad that Jared Leto is going to star in this film, and while I can sympathize, I'm not. I'm I'm fine with Jared Leto, but they can they can make anyone star in this movie, man. I'd be fine with yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing the main character if, like you said, I don't know if I'd go that far. If, like you said, we have <laughs> a new Daft Punk score, that's all I want, man. <laughs> That yeah. that was oh I was jamming to that score since that and movie came a, out. It's a great score. It's the thing that people remember from that movie. Since I was twelve, I've been listening to that score, man. That score is insane. It is yeah. so and it's good. It's gonna be who's directing it? It's the guy who directed Lion, I think. Oh God, was, Lion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Can we can we make a Tron uh, three go for the Oscar, please? Garth Davis. What else has he done? Um, he made a movie about Mary Magdalene. Oh, that the weird one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, that okay, one. Yeah, and Rooney Mara. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I I really hope oh that Tron God. Three wins an Oscar for um the best score. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I've been I've been hearing kind of like back and forth rumors about the Daft Punk thing, since I heard that hmm. like Disney kind I of haven't heard anything. Disney kind of screwed them over for um in the first film i think they cut like a bunch of their score they made it like they they kind of made them tone it down from what i've heard and also they released a remix album of their score like without their consent at all which is kind of a dick move yeah so i I hope i hope daft punk despite clearly being wronged does come back because i want more of their sick beats (laughs) Um, i mean yeah it's uh, they i mean they haven't really done anything in like several years have they i think their last album was random access memories so that was like seven years ago jesus although i don't know what they've been doing i'm not really i'm not really like a daft punk fan i just like that score a lot (laughs) it's it's just it's really hard to uh make music when you have those helmets on that's true that's true i think i'm more of a um a fan of the beats that they made for kanye than anything else (laughs) yeah Oh man. Uh anything you want anything else you want to say about Tron? <laughs> uh I'll say this about Jared Leto. I think he's a pretty good pick for a Tron movie cuz he's robotic. If I'm to be honest, yeah. His his uh his performance in 2049 did not feel like a Blade Runner performance to me. So that might work better in a Tron setting. Who knows. Yeah, I think yeah, his performance was definitely one of the worst parts of 2049. However, I wouldn't blame it on him. I would blame it on the script. Because yeah. his character was basically completely necessary in that, unnecessary in that film. Um, yeah. And also the script was shit and the story sucks. Um, but we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> um, man. Anything you want to... <laughs> you, really, you really do not like the story of that movie. It's terrible! Um, <laughs> anything you want to add to Tron? Uh, I don't know. First one's alright. Second one's alright. Second one is the greatest film of all time, dude. I don't know what you're talking I about. I know. Fucking love that movie. Um, oh, it's so good, dude. That was like my favorite movie <laughs> when when it came out. I was talking about that and like annoyed everyone in my middle school. Are we gonna get more CGI Jeff Bridges though? Oh, I That's hope so. I hope question. I hope it's like worse. You know. Olivia Wilde just comes back. Oh, I hope Olivia <laughs> Wilde comes back. Um. I was very attracted to her when I was twelve, and Sam doesn't I come back am though. Still. 
I really hope he doesn't come back. I hope, yeah, I hope they just like never mention him because he's literally a terrible actor, and that character was useless. And it just, it really just felt like a way of shoehorning another like young white lead into the film for no reason because that's what's yeah. marketable. Now we have a middle-aged white lead. Sick. <laughs> or he's the villain. I don't know what's happening. I don't know either. I don't know if they're scrapping everything they have or if they're rebooting or. Hey, the, oh, what the, is happening? The the good thing about this film being rumored or not rumored, but the pre-production of this film being kind of like shown now is that the movie might not come out for another like year, year and a half, so we could actually see it in theaters <laughs> if there's a vaccine. Yay! <laughs> oh man, good old theater industry. Mm-hmm. Completely in shambles. Oh, yeah. What was the last movie you saw in theaters before everything shut down? It was with you. We saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, yeah. I got to see The Invisible Man before everything died. Hmm. Which was... That was a good movie. I think yeah. I wanted to, like, see something else in theaters before they inevitably got shut down, but um, there's just nothing that really interested me, I guess. Aren't you so sad that you didn't get to see Sonic in theaters? Oh, yeah. That's, like, one of the things that I regret most about my life. Anyway, we're off Tron at this point, so let's just move <laughs> on to the film. Okay. So, um, Hard to Be a God, directed by Alexi Gierman. This is a 2013 film by the very unprolific director, Alexi Gierman. I think he had about a 50 to 60 year career, and in that whole time, he only directed six films. Um, and the oh, reason for that... Yeah, basically. But the reason for that is um, his films were extremely difficult to make in like the political climate uh, of Russia. And also, um, no one really wanted to fund anything that he was doing. So his previous film, Crucial Off My Car, I believe took like 10 or 15 years to make. And that came out in 98. And then <laughs> this one, which came out in 2013... Uh, is his, was his was his last film and also his, his uh, next film from Crucial Off My Car, um, and so they actually they 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 filmed it in between the years two thousand and two thousand six, and they were God. editing it yeah up up until twenty thirteen which is when Gearman actually died, <laughs> <laughs> and then his son and his wife um, finished the film. His his wife is actually a a script writer she was one of the screenplay um writers for this film and a couple of other Gearman's films and um his son is uh just a, a, a his a known filmmaker uh a filmmaker in his own right he's on he's on a few uh films that aren't really seen in the u.s and i'm not really familiar with any of them um but this film specifically is a um russian kind of sci-fi film it's a high concept sci-fi film with no sci-fi <laughs> um and it's based off of the same novel by the um Shugatsky brothers who are probably most famous in the u.s for um writing the novel roadside picnic which is the one that uh stalker is based off of by tarkovsky and basically like the the plot of this movie i haven't read the novel so i'm not too familiar because the movie doesn't actually really tell you what the fuck is going on ever, uh, which is yeah. kind of so a hallmark of German. I, I think I have a general idea of right. what the plot was. All right, let me let me uh, let me hear you say the plot, and then I'm gonna summarize it from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, which is this is funny because I already have the Wikipedia plot up, but I'll try and not look at it and okay. just tell you based off of what I was shown. I got it. Um, <laughs> um, so, Hard to Be a God is about a group of scientists who, uh, I, it's probably future Earth, and they, like, it's it's not now scientists, it's, uh, like, future scientists. They come to a planet which is still stuck in the, uh, like, right before the Renaissance era, so the, like, medieval ages, and basically they just go down to, I guess, study the, uh, the progression of this, uh, do I call it a, call it a species? Because they're just humans, they're just not on Earth. <laughs> um, it's... Yeah, so this, uh, and we follow this, um, this main scientist, his name is, uh, in the film, it's Don, uh, Rumata, who, um, becomes, like, the, is he the leader of the, the city? Nah, uh, he's just kind of, like, a dude. He's yeah. like, uh, he's like, um... It's all, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, so, that is, that is, that's pretty good. Uh, you got most yeah. of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this guy, um, he's one of the scientists. He's called Don Ramada in the film, but it's actually a um, like a disguise that he put on. In reality, yeah. his name is like Anton. So he pretends to be this guy who's like um, part of the elite, kind of a like a good sword fighter is what he's known for. Um, and he's thought to be a god. Um, a lot of people think that he's a god. Um, and some people like don't really believe him, but his his goal and the goal of the scientists are to advance this um, civilization as much as they can without too much direct interference. So that includes like um, you can't kill anybody, um, and you can't I think do anything very explicit. Um, yeah. And essentially, what happens is uh, they can't do anything to help advance civilization they just have to study what they do yeah i think they're i think they're like allowed to push them um which is funny because i felt like there were several moments where he set them back yeah eventually we kind of see throughout the movie that there isn't too much he can do and despite kind of like going insane and breaking like the only rule at the end he doesn't really change anything yeah so um let's start nick what did you think about hard to be a god uh um it's it's as hard to put into words as the plot what i think about this movie because there's just there's there's so much it's three hours and it's just people covered in shit and this man going around being like I, I, I need to find my man Budak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I just... I don't think it needed to be three hours, but we discussed this, and we were like, it didn't need to be three hours, but it also did. It's... It's... Like, from a production standpoint, like, they go all out. Like, this is an insane film. Um, it... I, I do... I think I like it. <laughs> Get back to me in a few days, see if that's still the case. <laughs> sure. Um, I think I think I think it's a good idea to start with the production, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we need some. We need some some yeah, place yeah. We'll, to begin. We'll start with like the technical stuff, and then we'll we'll get into interpretation and everything else later. because yeah. that's gonna be the the hard part. <laughs> um. So yeah, for me, I I really liked the set design, the general look of everything. It just absolutely disgusting. I think. I yeah. Think, um, you can you can definitely like almost feel the world and like smell it for sure yeah you feel like you need to take a shower during it Mm -hmm, for sure like everyone is just like you said literally covered in shit yeah um every everyone is like bleeding or headless or uh fingerless it's just it's just it's just not it's just such a it's a gross movie yeah it's disgusting it's probably one of the grossest movies i've seen besides salo besides salo or antichrist i guess yeah true um and it's it just it's certainly depressing but it's not it doesn't i guess feel depressing while you're watching the film because you're so desensitized to it yeah although even even if you really keeps it keeps you really engaged which i was kind of surprised with um for me the engagement certainly wasn't with the plot though it was definitely the visuals oh yeah absolutely I was just trying the whole thing. I was like trying to figure out what the the cinematography was all about because like mm-hmm. they do some wacky things with that. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about the cinematography as well? Yeah. You want to so, begin there? Sure. So um I've only seen one other Guillermo film, which is uh, Crucial Off My Car, which um I really like. I think it's probably one of the most um underrated satires. It's, it's, it, I think it really deserves to be like um a more talked about and studied film but in in that film um it's also very similar to this one in terms of how it's shot so every frame is extremely busy there is like dozens of people on screen and you really don't know what the hell is going on because everyone's kind of like talking over each other or like the plot might be happening in front of you, but you can barely tell, like, what is actually happening. But there might be a man who's, like, holding chicken feet in front of the camera. And, like, exactly, yeah. There's always, there, or... there's like, always something, like, obscuring the camera. <laughs> yeah. There might be guts hanging from the ceiling that <laughs> makes it so you can't see the whole scene. There's... Exactly. There's so much. Um, and, yeah, like, like it's, it, it's disgusting, but also just just talking about the um the achievement that this film has done technically with the cinematography it's hard to notice since at least at least it was for me it was hard to notice that like most shots were like one takes there there are very little like short shots like you would see in a typical film yeah i i kind of i noticed that too like but it was i was probably two hours in when i was like oh wait a lot of these are one shots. <laughs> yeah, and I think I would have never really picked it up if I hadn't seen his previous film. I think I think the, I don't really know the reason for why it was hard to tell. Maybe I think I think it's because everything There's is so, so much going on. Yeah, you're you're distracted by all that's happening in the frame. Yeah, yeah, that, that's actually that's a great point. It's so busy that um, it's really hard to like focus on the uh, the technical achievements of the film. Yeah, one thing I found uh, pretty interesting about the cinematography. It's almost like you're there in some regards because mm-hmm. people keep looking at the camera, and I found that to be an interesting thing. I was 
to me that that kind of it made me feel like I was a, a person witnessing all of this happening. Mm, um, that's yeah, a really good point. Know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, there's a lot of moments where characters from this medieval world like acknowledge the camera as if they know what the hell that is. Yeah. Um, and there's se several scenes where you feel like you're part of the crowd. I remember one of them vividly is um, near the end of the film. There's a bunch of soldiers like breaking through a gate and all like running in. I'm not sure if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I mm -hmm. was thinking about that same scene. Yeah. And then like the camera, it almost feels like uh, they're like bumping into the cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was really surprised I didn't get like pushed over. Since Which, if, if the other, you know, look at the camera moments didn't happen, I would probably just assume was a mistake, but, like, mm -hmm. that all led me to believe that maybe you are a character in this world via the camera. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a good point. I didn't, I didn't consider that, um, but, but I can see that now that you, that you bring it up. Yeah, uh, it's, um, it's super interesting. I don't feel like... M I don't think I've seen any other film that does that besides maybe Hardcore Henry, but you're not mm. supposed to be the main character. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't either. I think, But I think this is something very distinctly Kierman style yeah. because it's it's very... Um, it's it's super similar to Christy Loft, My Car. And I, I really would like to see this with, this movie with you at one, uh, one point to compare the two because like, even though they're completely different films about completely different things... They feel extremely similar, not only like visually, technically, formally, but also in terms of theme, if we're going to go there. But I think we should save that conversation for yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, is, there is, I think there is a lot to say about what this movie might be about. Because mm -hmm. this like, is, it's very interpretive, I think. Yeah, it almost feels allegorical because of how like strange the premise is. Yeah. Um, but I really have no idea if the main character or like what he represents is meant to represent anything in the real world or if he's meant to be allegorical. It feels like he should because it seems like this film is saying something about um, cultural advancement, helping other societies, uh, yeah. and then using it in the frame of like a sci-fi film. But I've literally no idea what it means outside of this film. Would you like to move on to theme because no. I... <laughs> not yet no not no yet. no, no. Right. um uh, uh, is there anything else we should talk about in terms of the cinematography or the format elements um oh i, I want to touch upon the black and white oh yeah um it's it's beautiful i think that if this film was shot in color it would actually do it a disservice um yeah i i was thinking about that during the movie i was like would this be better in color or is it better for this to be and yeah i eventually came to the conclusion that probably it, it it is better as a black and white film but there's i i think the movie is grosser because it's in black and white yes because because the implications yeah. the implications yeah. you're, you're not exactly sure what you're seeing ever yeah um it, oh, man uh and I, I i think like if it was in color if you were to see like those like guts and the blood and everything like that it might kind of be campy in like a b horror kind of way but Fucking, since uh yeah last temptation of christ yeah <laughs> it's uh, too much but if um but since this, this film was shot in black and white i think that it definitely comes off as more disturbing and creepy since you're not uh because because it's kind of obscured yeah it's um yeah there were there were just moments where i was like 
am I looking at shit or mud? I really can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's several there's several moments where people are like smearing brown yeah. or black Ugh. stuff all over themselves and oh, I'm like God. is that mud? Is that shit? Is that blood? It's probably all of them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Guts it's, too. Yeah, it is probably a mix of all three. Mhm. Oh man. There's like and there's just like a lot of weird elements overall in the film like the turtle and like the turtle felt so out of place that he had the the fact that he has like a weird flute oh yeah that scene was hilarious yeah it, it felt like it like a saxophone yeah no, it sounded I mean, like it, one it also sounded like one yeah mm -hmm. oh uh speaking of the sound is actually something i want to mention there um no soundtrack no soundtrack at all and it's actually very quiet um yeah which is weird because there's so much shit going on and you, you don't expect yeah. it. Um, so it really makes you like focus on the, on, on what's, what's in front of you. Um, and it kind of reminded me a bit, and this is like a weird comparison, but of like a Brisson film because of how um, the soundtrack is so focused on like the ambient noises and the sounds of um, people walking and this kind of thing. And specifically reminded me of um, Lancelot du Lac because in, in that film by Brisson, one of the only things you can really hear is the sound of, like, armor uh, clinking. And that's, like, probably one of the most prominent sounds in this film, too. Yeah. I I didn't even notice it until uh, he started playing the, uh, the weird flute the second time. Like, at the very end, I'm like, wait, oh, wow. <laughs> there was no soundtrack in this. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh... Uh, there's just, like, it's there's so much here <laughs> mm -hmm. which i mean it makes sense it's it's three hours and it's really weird so yeah it's, it, it deserves to have a, a lot to talk about i think like this is definitely a film you could call like maximalist yeah as opposed to like a Brisson, like minimalist film yeah um yeah shall do we do we dare move on to do we dare move on to themes do we? uh <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so, but I mean, we could always come back anyway. So sure. let's. Um, I think we should move on to themes. All right, you go. Me. You go first because I'm scared. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so I believe this was about. Um, it was kind of a criticism of the Soviet Union and, um, you know, their their whole kind of like. I don't really, I'm going to be honest here, I don't know a whole lot about the Soviet Union, but from what I understand, it's very, like, you can't do a whole lot there, and it's they're just a very restrictive bad place, and this sounds so dumb now that I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but the, the more than that, the thing that kind of stuck out to me when he finally said the words, it's hard to be a god, made me think about religion in a weird way um it, it to me it brought to mind you know this weird idea that like god had to sit through us wallowing in our own shit for a while if if you believe in god um he just kind of looked at us and like let us suffer through this period where there was like we were just idiots we were like covering ourselves in shit and we were dunking fish in milk and it's uh <laughs> you know it, pouring pouring fish scales onto hanged men yeah there's 
just a, a period of complete idiocracy in in terms of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I, I honestly, like, I, I struggle really hard with coming up with, like, like a religious theme or meaning in this film. But I it would be, like, stupid to deny that it doesn't exist. I mean, the film is literally called Hard to Be a God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with what you're saying there. Um, but to get back to your point on the Soviet Union, because I think that that's the one that I probably caught the most out of anything else. Um, I could definitely see this being a critique of um, Soviet Russia. The problem with, I think, having this kind of critique is that I feel like when Americans and, like, people that aren't really inside they were never inside of like the iron curtain or yeah, part of like eastern europe it. yeah um whenever like, like they... me i i'm right. an idiot of myself trying to right. talk about yeah, yeah. what <laughs> the soviet union was like exactly yeah <laughs> but like when when like we we like experience like soviet films and i've certainly been guilty of this myself um the first thing we say is like oh like this film is a critique of the soviet union you know um because we can only assume <laughs> right but like when i say that this is the only theme I got out of the film. I'm not lying. I really cannot... I struggle to think of anything else this film could be saying. But the main reason why I think this is because of how similar this film is formally um, to Krusilov My Car, which is his very explicit critique of the Stalin era. Um, it is a satire of the Stalin era. Um, and there's there's a lot of like scenes, uh, techniques he does in Kristilov that are exactly the same as in Hard to Be a God. Like the look of the films, the look of the two films are like it's similar, or not even similar, like basically the same. Huh. The the only difference is that one's set in medieval times and everyone's kind of covering themselves in shit, whereas <laughs> in Kristilov everyone is also freaking out. Um, but it's in the fifties. <laughs> um but yeah there's there's a lot of these scenes where like way too many characters people acknowledging the camera things being in the foreground just general craziness and also um like in hard to be a god you it's really hard to tell what the hell is going on in terms of the plot of crystal off my car i i had no idea what happened in the film until i googled the plot <laughs> summary later and i felt like a complete idiot but also, it's extremely hard to tell what the hell is going on in both of these films. Yeah, I, I honestly, <laughs> I had to, like, pull up the Wikipedia summary just to double-check that I knew what was happening. Yeah. And what's funny is, for three hours, the, the plot summary of this film is really short. Yep. But it's also, like, it feels like it's accurate. Yeah. But well, also, I think, like, I think none of it is, is in the like, film. It lingers. Yeah, 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 but, like, it, it feels like... It, the plot is certainly, like, I think, one of the least important things about this film. Absolutely. I think I think, I think his focus was on just the misery and how disgusting this world was, um, and just, like, the visuals in general versus the plot. Okay, I want to ask you, did you pick up on the weird uh, scene about homosexuality in Russia? No. Wait, say this. There was... So there was a scene where... Um, there's like a guy in a dress and he like he, he offers some sexual act and one of the guys just yells at him like go be a soldier and nothing about this is ever brought up again but like the guy is wearing a dress and it's it's he says this to another man so it's 
I didn't know what to make of that. Like, that is pretty strange. Um, I do think that there is um, a lot to say about, um, like, the sexual themes in this movie. Yeah. Because something I noticed, like, kind of early on is that there's, like, almost no female characters. Yeah. Um, which is which is kind of weird, because you'd expect, like, there, there to be, like, a lot of, like, female peasants and stuff. But, like, I can yeah. I can probably, like, think of... Even, even like, the unnamed characters... There's like they're they're like mostly men, you know. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, honestly. <laughs> I is a a guess is that you know women couldn't do my, many things in the Soviet Union, but I don't know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So and also like obviously the medieval times are very like are very patriarchal, but that's yeah. Uh, that's it's pretty obvious. It's just like yeah, there's just there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot I don't understand about this film. Yep. And it's it'll be interesting to kind of dissect in my mind over the next few days Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think i i'm kind of like fine with not understanding it just because of i guess how interesting the visuals were you know and um and i like certainly like uh my opinion has always been um the most important thing about a film is the moving image and nothing else really the image can kind of like speak for itself yeah. um and i think that's certainly the case in this film but at the same time there's like this lingering thought in the back of my mind that this whole film is like allegorical yeah um like like uh like i was saying before it's it's a every every like high concept science fiction film is allegorical in some way yeah you can be uh kind of explicit in your allegory like uh Snowpiercer, or you can be this. <laughs> yeah. Uh man. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. Lot, lot of, lot of, lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yes. <laughs> a lot, a lot of um, stuff. So, what did, what did you think about um, the Greys and the Blacks? They're two soldier factions, I guess. Yeah. Did you, did you make anything of that? Because, like, yeah. I was trying to. Kind of figure um, out what all that meant. So I, I definitely gave up on like trying to figure out the politics of this world because <laughs> I don't think it really would have helped even if I could figure it out. But yeah. I, I did think that um, what they kind of represented was how I think like he says this near the end of the film. The main character says this near the end of the film that like um, even if they like get rid of the cruel monarch that's ruling over the land, I forget his name. Um, I think he, he's he's in control of one of these factions. I don't remember which one. Then like another yeah. one will just come and replace him. Is it um, Reba? I think. Yeah, probably. Um, and so like I think I think. Uh, they they kind of represented like this endless cycle of violence and um, the inability for this planet to advance past the medieval stage. Yeah. Um, but speaking of like the concept uh, of the people killing all of the members of the intelligentsia and the scientist doctors, all this kind of stuff. Um, I still don't really understand one, why they were doing that. And two, like what that even means. (laughs) Yeah. It it just seemed to me that like, it was just, I, I didn't understand what the purpose of not advancing your civilization was as a ruler. Yeah. Like, 
is does that do you get anything out of that like well, i guess people are just wallowing in shit well, like, I, well i guess you do get to keep your own power you know yeah that's probably no one's, one of the no main one's smarter than you i guess right um but i, I just I, I struggle to understand why the whole film was kind of centered around this yeah i, I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> the uh i'll say this this is the second piece of media that i've seen that acknowledges the fact that you shit yourself when you're hung interesting i don't think i i picked up on that from this film yeah uh preacher was the other one preacher yeah the comic oh nice not the show gotcha gotcha um um yeah it uh there's just like there's a lot of like i like we we kind of said that this was an explicit movie but like there's a lot of like fucked up shit that's shown oh yeah. the uh the like torture machine for um whores <laughs> that they said that was so the, weird oh my yeah. god yeah yeah it's like a big spiked penis that's fucked up dude <laughs> yeah that's super weird i wonder if there's like anything like that in reality because I know yeah. that I know that there was like some really fucked up methods of torturing like women specifically, but I've never yeah. heard of a giant spiked penis for torturing whores. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh shit! They made this movie for seven million dollars. That's sick. That's amazing. Oh yeah, because I mean the production design is fantastic. Like Scorsese beat the fuck out. Holy shit. <laughs> I wonder if they like. I built... need two hundred million dollars. <laughs> watch this movie and tell me why exactly i i wonder if they filmed like an actual like castle locations and stuff they because, had to i mean they had yeah to. but if they did they like fucked them up super hard yeah <laughs> like the people are probably still like cleaning up today oh my god um oh my goodness yeah um, seven million dollars is kind of nuts considering how yeah. insanely good this film looks and how insanely you're, you're just completely immersed it's yeah. insane yeah the immersion is, is is definitely one of the best parts of the film um sorry go ahead and the fact that they they kind of shot most of the scenes in one takes i would imagine would really like add to the budget since that's a really difficult thing to do and if you were to mess up the one take you kind of need to reset everything right so the guy throwing shit or whatever <laughs> or the guy like in the foreground yelling would have to like do his part again um so yeah seven million dollars is pretty it's pretty interesting but i Maybe guess he went he, he did the eastwood method and was just like one take we're done i can't do this a second time yeah i wouldn't be surprised considering how crazy everything looked yeah but at the same time it everything is very crazy but it feels very precise in what it's showing and what the camera is doing you know? absolutely um so it's 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 definitely uh like like a mass like you said uh, at the beginning like a masterwork in um set design and production design and production design yeah yeah this this whole thing <laughs> even the even looking at the poster i'm just impressed <laughs> uh, oh my god dude the main character kind of looked like a badass like the entire time not gonna lie yes yeah. in his arm well, he, he was kind of a badass. Oh, oh, something else I wanted to mention, um, speaking of his badassery. So we only <laughs> hear about how much of a badass he is. We never actually see it. Yeah. I think because we only see, like, him kill, like, the one guy, and then it cuts to, like, the end of a battle. 
And well, in what's fact, funny is like, yeah, I was questioning whether or not he was a badass because everybody else seemed like they didn't know how to fight at all. Mm. Like yeah. he would just, you know, like he would take a spear like out of his face and just kind of like crack it, and nobody would do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think because I, I think it is, it is kind of said that his fighting techniques come from Earth. So, like, he was teaching the Baron about sharpening his sword and, like, different stances that no one on this planet knew about. Yeah. So that's probably, like, why he was superior to them, um, fighting-wise. But um, what I was curious about specifically is um, how this film deals with violence. Because usually we don't see a lot of the violence on screen. It's, It's usually, like, the aftermath of violence. Yeah, for how dirty it is. Like, I was surprised that there wasn't more, like, gore happening on screen. Yeah, I mean, like most of the gore that i remember comes from people that are already dead uh like the one i'm thinking about is uh there's this one guy who's like strung up uh inside of a room like on like a weird like plank thing and like his guts just fall out yeah um and there's just like severed heads in the river yeah and then there's like all those people that are being hung that are already dead we he don't touches one of those like uh big dick torture machines yeah he he he, his hand is covered in like weird slime and you don't really want to know what that is (laughs) yeah i definitely don't i'm really happy the film is in black and white because i don't want to know what that is um but most of the most of the gore and most of the violence uh happen i think well sorry most of the violence happens off screen like even even with um important like named characters like the baron we see him go off to fight and we see none of the fighting and then he's just dead in the next scene yeah um and not to bring up brisson again and specifically lancelot dulac again but that is something he did a lot in that film specifically uh i remember like near the end of the film there's supposed to be this massive fight but he just kind of cuts to the uh, aftermath when like everyone's just <laughs> dying and laying around nice so nice. Um, okay so yeah the lingering shot of the donkey penis Oh, that was great! I, fr- I I didn't know what that was at first. I know, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, that, I... that's a penis. <laughs> I was like, why are you showing this to me? Please stop! It's like <laughs> it's like a ten second shot. And you're oh just yeah, like, please. <laughs> doesn't it like cut? Doesn't it like fade to black and then come back or something? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, I didn't know the donkey there's, penis there's, was so big. There's the part that like. The, the kid just touches the, the hanged man's junk for no reason. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was so weird. There's a lot of weird moments in this movie, man. I think, I don't know if it's the same kid or another kid, but he, I think it's near the end of the movie where, like, uh, where all the dead bodies are in the, in the battlefield. He, like, goes up to the ass of, like, some dead man and, like, scoops up a bit of, like, shit from, like, oh, his butt. Oh, yeah. And then, like, feeds it to the mouth of another dead man. <laughs> Why? I have no what idea. What was the purpose? <laughs> I have no idea. And, like, I think uh, one of the adults, like, says, what the hell are you doing, dude? So, yeah, if you're squeamish, don't watch this. Oh, God, no. Like, I, I am not that squeamish when it comes to, like, films. And this one was... I was eating during this film, and I'm like, I, I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was eating during the beginning, and, like, I was luckily, like, done with my food. pretty much like immediately but like yeah it was gross uh i had a drink and i was like 
contemplating whether I should take a drink because something gross might happen. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a good idea. <laughs> uh, but it's it's impressive because it's gross, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. it's like, you don't feel like this was a film made by, you know... It doesn't feel like a film. Like, when you're in it, it doesn't feel like, you know, a normal film. Yeah, it feels like you're part of the world, you know? Yeah. It's it's just really good at doing that, I think, above mm -hmm. all. Um, yeah. Should we uh, wrap this up? Do you have any closing thoughts about the movie? Or anything else you want to add before we do that? Uh, no. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> all right. Um, in my case... What did, uh, what did you think of the film? I enjoyed it. It's definitely one of the most unique films I've seen. Literally the only film that comes anywhere close to this one is the other film I've seen by Gearman in terms of style. <laughs> um, so I definitely liked it just on the filmmaking part alone. I still have no idea what to do with this movie. What, what do we do with this, Nick? What do we do with this? I, I really don't know. <laughs> I... You know, maybe if we traveled back in time and lived in the Soviet Union for a hot sec, maybe we would understand this a bit better. But... Maybe we would. Maybe we would. <laughs> I have no idea. I would like to rewatch it sometime. Um, Absolutely. Not sober. I think that would be a great experience. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe. I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it might be the best way to watch this movie. It might be scary to do it not sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, my goodness. Well, if that's it, maybe we can move on to the final segments. Uh, let me. Well, hold on. Let me give uh, my thoughts. My bad. Um, I, I, I th think in talking about it, I think I like it more than I initially did. You know, just coming off of it, because there's just so much. <laughs> there's so much here. Mm. Um, I think it's worth a watch, uh, which is surprising because I ended this and I'm like, what was the point of this? Um, but it's it's worth checking out just as a very strange piece of art. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. I definitely think it's worth checking out despite us not knowing like what the hell to think about it. <laughs> because maybe you do. And, uh, you know. and, and we're just dumb, which is yeah. very likely. It is very, very likely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we can, uh, I think we can move on now. All right. Um, well, Nick, what have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been listening to? What have you been playing? I watched a lot of shit, dude. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven movies. All right. And, Name them. And an entire season of a TV show. Name them. Name them. Go. Um. So, uh, this uh this week started with the Scooby Doo movie. Um, me and my friends uh watched that late late at night. Which one? Um, Which Scooby Doo movie? The first one. Um, the live action one? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one. The 2002 James Gunn uh, written one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we uh, we watched that one. Um, it was really fun to watch with, with a big group of people just, like, making fun of it. Um, yeah. It's It was just, like, it was so stupid. Like, you forget how, how dumb it is. And, like, <laughs> it just perfectly embodies the cartoon in every way, and it's it's amazing. The only thing I remember about that film is Rowan Atkinson is in it, which is yeah, and he he's is. and he's like Scrappy Doo, right? Yeah, he turns out to be Scrappy Doo. <laughs> it's amazing. And then the other thing is, um, 
like the CGI. <laughs> actually, I don't really remember that, but the uh, the part where the gang like switches bodies with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's oh all I remember. Goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, that same night we watched Halloween Six. Jesus, why um, that one specifically? Uh, because it has Paul Rudd in it, a very young Paul Rudd, and we were like, oh. this this ought to be stupid. Nice. It's it's a really horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> it takes like 10 minutes for a character to walk down a 50 foot hallway in that it's so fucking meandering and long and stupid and i i hate it so much so it's like hard to be a god uh except hard to be a god is i think actually good <laughs> um uh the next thing i i watched a, a few days later was uh scooby-doo 2 we we decided to go back and while it's not as fun it's not as fun. It's still, like, stupid and, and, you know, worthwhile watching if you have a bunch of good friends over. All right. Uh, um, and I know you, you hate that one based on your Letterboxd review. Um, uh, of which movie? Scooby-Doo 2. Monsters Unleashed. Do I hate that one? Yeah, I, you gave it one and a half stars, so I got to assume so. Oh, like, to be honest, when I, when I made my Letterboxd account, I rated a bunch of movies that, like, I didn't remember watching pretty stupidly so that's probably outdated like i literally don't remember that movie at all yeah. so i i don't know um, it, might, it might be a masterpiece so then i watched uh last jedi again because we were like this ought to be good this ought to be this ought to be fun well was a, it good state it's as fine as i remember it being it's not particularly great it's not particularly terrible it's just kind of a meandering mediocre movie but but nick i thought the sjw's ruined cinema forever when they made that movie um not really all right well i'm gonna make a 15 <laughs> not hour really i'm gonna make a 15 hour rant about why you're wrong all i said was a <laughs> based on like three sentences all right <laughs> <laughs> oh god the internet's so fucking stupid sometimes sometimes yeah I, they have their moments, I think. Huh. Um, and then I watched uh, Eraserhead again, which hey. I described as a uh, a nightmare with dreamlike qualities, to which you said, isn't that just a nightmare? But <laughs> to that I say, I think that nightmares and dreams have different vibes, and I got dream vibes, whereas it was a nightmare to watch. Well, a nightmare is a type of not dream. In a, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, but like a nightmare is a type of dream. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but... I I guess I have a different perspective. Alright. <laughs> All good. Um, yeah, I, I I think I liked it even more than I did the first few times I've watched it, because I've seen it, like, three times now. I think it's becoming one of the films I've seen the most. Yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, Harley Quinn. I watched the second season of Harley Quinn after watching season one, and uh, it's, uh, it's a good show. I like it. It's, uh, it's fun. Like I said last time, it's um, you know, it's like the animated Batman series, but on steroids, and you know, I should Harley check... Quinn is the is the main character. I should check that out. And I'm I've been meaning to watch something like lighter. Yeah, based That's off fun. of my current watch history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as for everything else, I don't think I've really been reading or playing anything. I've just been, you know, watching stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good week overall. Cool. Um, what about you, Duran? 
What have you been watching, reading, listening, playing other things, too? <laughs> um, I didn't watch too many movies this week. I think, yeah, the only other movie I saw besides Hard to Be a God was um, 1980 Fortnite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, <laughs> the other movie I saw this week was um, A Gentlewoman by uh, Brisson. Uh, that's like one of the other brissons that i haven't seen um thanks Any to good? uh yeah it, it was pretty good um it was his first color film i think he uses it really really well interesting um it's about this uh woman who commits suicide and is uh and her wife has to wait and her husband has to uh kind of like figure out why she did it but he fails hmm. to because he's stupid <laughs> Um, it's a very sounds like a very Brisson thing. Oh, it's a very Brisson thing. Uh, suicide is one of his favorite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was pretty good. I'd recommend it if you like Brisson. Um, but the reason I actually was able to watch it is because some random guy on 4chan like gave me like a download for it. Because nice otherwise, girl. yeah, because otherwise it's literally impossible to find it anywhere legally, <laughs> and the only place I could find it illegally. There was a uh, a terrible VHS to DVD rip. Oh my goodness! So thank you to this random four channer who allowed me to watch this film. Um, uh, besides that, uh, one of like four times four chan has ever been useful for oh, anything. Oh God, yeah, it's such cancer. <laughs> um, uh, actually, I read a little bit. I read um, "As I Lay Dying" by Faulkner. Um, awesome. That was my you wanna first. you wanna you wanna watch the uh, James Franco uh, film adaptation? Yes, I okay. I actually really want to watch it because I was describing to Nick earlier that this book is completely unfilmable because there is like fifteen different character POVs. Um, the chapters are very very short, and it's almost all in the characters' like heads and their own like descriptions of what's going on um plus each character has a different way of talking and the actual grammar of and like the syntax is different between each character and in each chapter so like hey, all man, this not stopping dune touche however i mean for the <laughs> most part dune isn't very well actually at all dune isn't very experimental when it comes to grammar like at all hmm. um so i have like absolutely no idea how the hell you would film this I would be interested in um, in seeing uh, James Franco's shitty adaptation. <laughs> uh, I really like yeah. the book. I, I think it's honestly one of my favorite books now. Um, it's really interesting, and I really want to read more of Faulkner's novels. I've only read cool. his uh, short stories besides this. I want to I wanna read uh, Barn Burning, for sure. Yeah, Barn Burning is really good. Um, it's not too long. You could probably find it online. Nice. Um, nice. and besides that, I, I read a, a, a Tolstoy novella called, um, The Death of Ivan Ilyich. I can't pronounce it. That was pretty <laughs> good. Um, it's about this guy who led, like, a relatively mediocre life who dies, and then it kind of goes back in time to him dying and coming to terms with how shitty and mediocre his life was. Hmm. Which is a terrible description of it, but, um, I thought it was a really interesting sounds like an interesting premise at least yeah it, it was it was really good I, I would highly recommend checking it out um i want i wanted to read some uh, like tolstoy short stories before i dive into his novels since they're like a trillion pages long <laughs> um so yeah I, I would recommend that one too and nice. 
for playing. I've been playing a bit of uh, Among Us with 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 the boys. It's <laughs> like a uh, like a mafia type game, um, but takes place on a space station. You have to figure out who like the aliens are and vote them off. It's pretty nice. fun, and it's like, oh, I guess I've been playing Minecraft to go back to that. Nice, nice. Um, but you know, it didn't feel like a new thing. Gotcha. Minecraft's always there. It's anyway, always sorry. There. Go ahead. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, and I, I severed a bunch of friendships because of that game already. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like a. It does sound like a friendship ender based on description. Oh, it's great! It's great! I can't wait to play some more tonight. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but that's it for me. Lose more friends. <laughs> <laughs> what, who wouldn't love that? I have too many. <laughs> uh, but that's it uh. for me. Um, yeah. and I, it's, it's it for me. All right. It's it for everybody. That's it for all of us. I don't yeah, think man. that we have a film planned for next week yet. Do you have any ideas? Or uh, Yeah, sure? I, I, we might take a hiatus just because, you know, I got to move in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we might just be busy with all that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, until, uh, whenever. Uh, it's possible that we'll be doing the searchers with Tony because... Ooh. Tony has really wanted to do the searchers, so he'll probably be back. Has so. uh, Has Tony seen the searchers? I don't know. Okay, I'm very. But he really wants to talk about it for yeah. some reason. I would I would love to do that since that's that's been on my watch list for like at least two or three years now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone tells yeah. me to watch it, so I might as well. Yeah. It was almost our first episode. Almost. It was so close. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um. Well. I think that's it. So uh, goodbye, everybody. Have a uh, wonderful evening uh, or morning whenever you're listening to this. Uh, please come back. We love you. Uh, only he does. But thank you for listening to us. Damn, B. Goodbye.